You're listening to Movies for Decades. Welcome to Movies for Decades, a film history podcast where we watch a century's worth of movies, one movie per decade. We start in 1921, we end in 2021, the year of our recording, but maybe not the year of our release. We're jury's out on that one. We watched 2001's Shaolin Soccer. Our guest is Eric Cottingham. I'm John Albee. And I am Helen Cottingham. I'm Colin Albee. Hi. Yeah, I'm Eric Cottingham. So Eric. this is this is an exciting episode for a number of reasons. Um, yes, we have the Peter Familius here. Yes. <laughs> yes, we have we have we have we have Helen's husband. Yes. Um, yeah. Helen's husband, and um, we don't have their child yet. No. And uh, but uh, it's also an exciting episode because this is the first one we're recording since we actually went live with our podcast. Yes. And so here here we are. We're we're officially a podcast for the first time since recording. And we're averaging about 40-ish plays an episode. And that's I, actually more than I thought. That's cool. Honestly, that number terrifies me like for being as high as it is. <laughs> so, well, we're topping out around 40. And what's cool about that is that it's like I can kind of guess who 20 to 25 of those people are. And, and if you are one of those people, hey. Yeah. And and if if you're not if you're if you're one of these people these these extra twenty people that I don't know who you are, I just want you to know that I you can't see it, but I have I have two fingers, two finger guns, finger guns. two finger they're, guns. They're pointing at someone really cool, <laughs> and that person is you. Yeah. Just letting you know. He thank even, you, thank even... you, and we're so sorry <laughs> for our personalities. <laughs> you know, if you have a problem with that, then I have a recommendation for you. But I'm not going to give it. So let's talk about this movie. Yeah, so we, we, I did the intro. Shaolin Soccer. Yeah. So we're going to do the plot of these this, these things now, because that's I think we've settled on. Let's just fucking talk about the, the go through the movie that How way. quickly can we... So this movie... Okay, another thing about this movie that I think is cool is I think in some ways this movie, we are demonstrating how eclectic uh, we're being with this podcast. Because we're watching a, um, a comedy. Yes. I don't know if it's necessarily a... Is super important film in the history of cinema, but it is I would argue a funny that is. one. Eric, uh, you chose this movie. What draws you to this movie? What do you like about it? I love that Stephen Chow movies. They just they're basically human cartoons. Stephen Chow is the director. He's the, the... writer, director, and the star, oh, and the main oh, character. That... Oh, okay. we stumbled upon another Charlie Chaplin character. Wow, he, he rules. He's yeah, awesome. That. He's funny as hell. And he's a real athlete. He's the whole package. Well, he better yeah. be a real athlete. <laughs> so did he play soccer? No. <laughs> it doesn't um, seem like anybody he does played kung soccer. Fu. Now I, you know, it's hard. You know, uh, yeah. It's yeah, a, he actually made an amazing amount of, uh, acted in a, a lot of movies, like from the late 80s all through the 90s in China. Like, got to be a real big star there before he ever, like, started filmmaking on and got internationally famous. But 
yeah, he is really, really great. He's got this old movie called Fight Back to School, which is hilarious. And, like, I realized how many movies he's made that I haven't seen after, like, looking up some stuff. And so how many movies of his have you seen? I've seen uh, Kung Fu Hustle, which Bill Murray is a huge fan of. He called Apparently it, he was a huge fan of this movie. Yeah. He, he called know. it, like, the most significant, like, work of comedy in this century. Like, some crazy thing like he does. He thought it was real funny. He was a fan. Yeah. So, Helen, what preliminary research have you done about the movie that you want to share? Um, or, like, at the get-go? I do want to say one thing that I think is slightly related to this point, though, about, like, it is that one, one thing I read that I thought was kind of interesting is this is, like, you know, 2001, very early days of internet downloading. Right. Is that apparently Miramax dragged their feet releasing this overseas. Like, yeah. I think Miramax co-financed it, but they dragged their feet releasing it outside of Hong Kong. And word of mouth of this movie and how nutty it was spread. So people were like, I want to watch this damn movie. And so this is one of the most pirated movies of all time. Well, at the, at the time. Because people wanted to see it. Huh. So it was heavily pirated and bootlegged before it officially was released. And huh. it was a gigantic hit in Hong Kong. It was the highest gro- grossing movie until it was beaten by Chow's next movie, uh, Kung Fu Hustle, which grossed more. And it raked in the awards, acting, directing, writing, best picture, and all the Hong Kong and Chinese, well, China banned it, I think. But whatever, all the Hong Kong awards, uh, awards season. It was a huge deal in its local market. Um, it's also funny, it was funny to me reading that it got all these you know, Hong Kong Oscars. Yeah. Because I'm like, look at Hong Kong not too high and mighty to, to give yes. Oscars to a... To a comedy. To a comedy. It helps if it was a big fat hit. But you yeah. know. <laughs> very, yeah, very when much so. Yeah. will we have more Oscars going to comedies? I wish that were... Were any, because I can't think of any. I can't think of one. Yeah. Well, I mean... Like, has any comedy ever won Best Picture? It happened one night as a romantic comedy. Yeah, like the olden days. The, the olden old days, ones, yeah. like you could kind of say Gigi is a comedy. Like there's there's some old classics that... Yeah. I what think there's an answer to this question, but let's table it. Yeah, um, let's table okay, it. Okay, sure. <laughs> so do we want to go through the movie then? Yeah. Yeah, so this movie, it's, 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 uh, it starts in the past, and you can tell it's the past because it's in black and Mm. And, oh, I forgot about this. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and 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 we have we have the fans cheering on Golden Man, Leg. Is it Golden, golden leg? leg? Golden Leg, yeah. Golden, golden leg. leg, and he's got to kick the goal. We're all soccer experts here. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and he's got to kick the goal to win the game, and then he kicks it, and it looks true, but it's too high. He missed it. He missed it. And the crowd acts rationally for their the man they were cheering. They charge the field and beat him up, and they break his legs. Very much so, yes. Like you did. You know, yeah, like is that it, like how soccer normally is? I don't know. That is exactly how soccer normally is. <laughs> if, you, if you lose the game, we'll break your leg. Mm-hmm. We'll break your leg. So his leg High is broken, steps. and then but one man sneers on the team. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh, <laughs> and he sneers. And then we, we find out at exposition later, they got a, there's some old age makeup. My dumb ass said like, oh, it's the old guy. I forgot Jackie Chan's in this movie. Because <laughs> the profile of him looked like pretty old Jackie Chan. Yeah. But then I'm like, no, I'm stupid. <laughs> it's not Jackie Chan. But they old age the guy and, and turns and now the guy who he's like, he apparently coaxed Golden Leg 
to throw the soccer game. And now Golden Leg, you can tell his legs are still broken because of how... How he limps so bad. He limps so bad. The team is called Evil Team. Team Evil. Team Evil, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is funny because I actually had a, a fantasy baseball team uh, called Team Evil. And I thought I named it after Battlefield Baseball. <laughs> but I'm like... Oh, no, I did name it after this. <laughs> yeah, see, back in the day, we watched this and Battlefield Baseball on the same day during like a silly kung fu so, you know, I did not watch action this movie marathon. And so I get the two confused in my brain. Yeah, see, I thought we were watching the baseball movie. And then when this started, I'm like, I haven't seen this at all. Those are large baseballs. <laughs> Those are really big baseballs. Where <laughs> are the bats? Where are the bats? Yeah. Shaolin Soccer would be a weird name for a baseball yeah, movie. No, I just, it, I didn't think about it for one second. <laughs> but yeah, so because I made the mistake or maybe had the great double feature idea of watching them both in the same day once, I now completely blur them in my head. There it's both very funny and very silly. Yes. Yeah. It's also, yeah, so I watched this movie, I believe, 10 years ago in college. In a, uh, it, it was pretty funny, ex- fun experience. Kind of an awkward night for, for reasons I will maybe not talk about on mic. <laughs> but it was like one of those, like, like, oh, yeah, that was a weird night. The night I saw Shaolin soccer, you mm-hmm. know, and in college. And, and uh, but, yeah, I remember it was hella funny. And it is, it's, um, it's a, it's a arguably a broad comedy. Um, I would say What yes. is like, okay, so yeah, then the plot of this movie. So basically we get old man Golden Leg who's just run down, but then, and, and he's just, he literally, you know, like gets trod upon by the, and by the man who told him to throw the game, the, the head of Team Evil. Yeah. He didn't tell mm-hmm. him to throw the game. He didn't throw the game. He tried to kick and he genuinely missed. I thought mm-hmm. he was like, I no, told you no. to throw the game. Yeah. Oh. No, he, he convinced game. him. Oh, he convinced him but he also the hired the mob to beat him up. Yeah, yeah. he didn't tell him that part because oh, okay. he yeah. might not have thrown the he game was, if he knew. Yeah, he took his payout, but he lost his leg. And so he limps as an old man. Uh, and he's like, can you help me coach another team? I don't know. Anyway, he's, he's, he's got a shitty life. And then he meets, he meets this, this, I guess, homeless guy who's Stephen Chow, who's doing the splits. Yeah. And, you know. And selling, you know, he's gathering Coke cans to recycle for two pennies or whatever tiny amount of money. And, and um, and 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 Stephen Chow, uh, what's the character's name, or is it just we'll just I don't remember Stephen his Chow. name. We'll Main character, Stephen, Steve, Stevie boy. <laughs> he uh, he's he decides to approach uh, Golden Leg about kung fu and Shaolin. He's very evangelistic about he's looking, yes, yeah, yes, he's, he's very for, much evangelism. He, he's looking for a way to promote it to the world, right? And um, and he's he, like, it even works for cripples. And he's like, who are you calling a cripple? I'm Golden Leg. He's like, chill, yeah, like, man. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, I don't know, so I don't know exactly how he starts kicking things. He kicks a well, can, the, and the girl who walks extremely exaggeratedly and is wearing British flags all over her clothing—is that a Hong Kong thing? I'm yeah. so fascinated by yeah, it. They, anyway, Hong and Kong she, aesthetic is something. Yeah, yes. and she slips on the banana peel. Literally slips on a banana peel. And he's like, she wouldn't have fallen if she knew kung fu. <laughs> she would not have. She would have done a backflip and <laughs> smiled and sashayed away. I realize it's tricky to talk about this movie um, too literally because the so physical, much happens. The physical comedy in this movie is 
really something to behold. Yes. The, the broad physical silliness of this movie is is hard to describe. It's without, key to everything. You yeah. know, without so. Trust us, the physical comedy is quite good, and it's very CGI enhanced. And I like where he kicks the the, the what is it the the big box container on top of the truck. Yeah, it's like, like what a great leg, and and uh, and then and then Golden Leg, you know, examines uh, examines Stevie's leg. Mm-hmm. He's like <laughs> rubbing. He's like, this is the real deal. He yeah. ogles the leg. <laughs> yes. Which is confusing to me because I got called into HR when I did that at work, you know. <laughs> so, um. Because you're just trying to recruit people for your soccer team Yeah, I was all just trying to teach, I was just trying to teach Shaolin. Yeah. It's a misunderstanding. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, so then we meet his brother, which I was confused by, like, are they brothers? They're Didn't... not all, yeah, it's all his brothers from his monastery that his mm-hmm. oh his mass not... no they're not all real i was brothers. thinking this is a perfect movie because they're all siblings and <laughs> no, we're no, all no. siblings of no. some sort. they were all training under the same master and the so master they were all died oh, okay. and they're all orphans so they're all each other has and they're all homeless because their monastery has gone and oh, their master's and have... gone and they're all like struggling to make their way in the yeah world. they all have shitty jobs where like this guy this guy we first meet he um he works as like I don't know, kind of bar. at the bar as an employee, and you know it's a violent society where you know your boss will hit you in the head with a beer bottle if you fuck up. <laughs> yeah. You it know, it's, it's violent society. In Hong that, Kong. Okay, that dude's introduction, the oldest brother, like the camera's behind him and he's walking forward and he looks back and scowls and like runs away. Yeah. Oh yes, <laughs> the the shape. The horror chase sequence. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. But it turns out to be Stephen Chow. And mm-hmm. that just a, was a wonderful introduction to him. I really, he was one of my favorite characters, the eldest brother. Mm-hmm. Just the. So does yeah. he meet, does he meet, what do we call her, Mew or his girlfriend before he meets his, we see, we meet his brother? I don't Yeah, remember. I think so. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. he first wants to do singing. He, that's his first way to evangelize. Shall well, we? he's not evangelizing Kung Fu. He's, he's evangelizing, um himself to this to girl this cute he was lady who's struck by passion and he had guy, to communicate it there's that guy in the street who's like i love singing and he's like singing that's and the a great fire idea. lights up in the, his eyes the fire yeah. lights up. oh god and the beautiful dance sequence <laughs> yeah okay okay we're getting ahead of ourselves so, but yes. that's why he like has this idea like be... we should be singers for shaolin and that's yeah. when he goes to his brother yeah yeah so before but, he, yes, yes, brother, yes, yes, yes. he goes yeah. to see Mew. he's hungry and there's this woman and she's doing kung fu to, to bake um yeah yeah rolls, kung fu which is which is you know really like seems like a good way to do it and like it's also i was enjoying this from a like oh yeah this is just more of a thing in asia where there's just like bakeries where it's they're just kind of open air and and yeah, you can you see the people up. you know I mean, I think that's normal. I, I, saw I think some there's of it. some of that in China when we were there. <clears throat> yeah, so that was cool. But she's using kung fu, which I didn't really see in China, of, of no. <laughs> kung fu to make the balls of dough. And, and he's like, so impressed. And yeah. he spits mad game. <laughs> he, just, he has game. I mean, got... but it's so disconcerting because he's like straight faced. And then he sort of just starts shouting and you're not sure what's happening. And then he he's singing. Start, yeah. Then you realize he's singing. But at first it just seems like he's screaming. <laughs> he was very passionate. Yeah. yeah. He was and of course, so it is, impressed. And yes. it is a, you know, obviously she's she's a major cutie pie with ugly makeup on, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, yeah. And I was so confused by 
by that because her boss like offhandedly says like we're behind on our orders because you went and got a facial so it's like is she breaking out horribly because she got a botched facial is that what we're supposed to get either way she's like covered in zits or whatever and she has her bangs in her face yeah uh-huh. um, but he's not fooled yeah. he's like i know i know when i see a cutie doing kung fu to make rolls <laughs> and so he's like he's impressing her he's eating he's he's eating the rolls she makes and complimenting them she's like they're two two bucks each he's like oh uh <laughs> he never pays her back he never right? does pay her back no and he's he like well can i pay later and she's like what? no but she gives the shoes back later but anyway. the shoes back. he's got yeah. gross shoes it's a very shoe movie by the way yeah, yeah. yes the yeah. very sh- shoes are important part of this movie yeah yeah do you play soccer without shoes would be bad. Yeah. Do they play? Touche. No. Does he play? Does he have to play without shoes? At no. One no. No. He has to get the crappy shoes. That's right. He has the good Puma shoes later. But yes. then has, But then she gives him back the shitty shoes that again. she fixed, and that he she... did not pay her for that labor either. Yeah. Yeah. She just does him a lot of favors in yeah. this movie, like endless favors. Yeah. yeah. It's important. Well, but you know, he works hard though, because you know, there's the part where they sneak, they get to look around the mall at night, and like this is skipping ahead. Yeah. Where, where they get to look around the mall at light and, and like go like, this could be us when we're rich. And then, and then the security guy's like, all right, I said I'd let you in if you clean the floors. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so then he gets the, he's like, he, he's like, hey, so I met this guy, Golden Leg. He wants to coach me to kick, you know, kick soccer balls, I guess, and we'll maybe be a team. So I'll get my brother's. We're going to do, we're going to form. This is after the failed singing, which was so funny where they like, he goes to oldest brother and he's like, I'm inspired by the people with fire in their eyeballs. (laughs) We should sing and dance. And that's how we'll promote Kung Fu. And they try to sing at the bar. It's like open mic night or whatever. It's a marvelous song. And the the gang is... (laughs) That's there. I guess they're the regulars. They're just basically singing. My name is this guy. Yeah. My name is this guy. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and and the karaoke hoodlums basically. Uh, yeah. and they get beer bottles thrown at them. You know, violent society. Violent, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> but then that's when he meets the the coach again. He goes out to fight the karaoke yeah. hoodlums. Okay. okay. And the wall. He finds the can that he had kicked earlier. Oh, yeah. Lodged the in the wall. wall. Then falls down dramatically, and there Chow is. That's true, and then and he then watches he had, the fight. So that's yeah. when Golden Leg is truly convinced that like this is like, a soccer this, team. Obviously, the next move is to have a kung fu soccer team. Yes, and, and, uh, and Chow's been trying so hard for so long to promote kung fu that he's into it. Yeah, and he only takes a tiny bit of convincing, and yeah. and then he has to get his shoes back. And she at first says, "Oh, I threw them away," but then she didn't throw them away. She fixed them, and it's. He has to gather his, his brothers, which one of my favorite parts of the movie is when yes. he's gathering the team. Yeah, yeah. I love a gathering of the team in no, any story. No, that's just one of the best things you can do in a movie. Yeah. yeah. Gathering the team trope, it's always the team great. And all is the, always great. All the different brothers have different shitty jobs. Even the successful one, who's like a stockbroker, is like... Finance bro, yes. Yeah. Finance, money. Even finance bro is like he clearly not happy in his, his, his having two phones at the same time kind of <laughs> yeah, lifestyle. Oh, something interesting is a lot of those guys were not actors or like just friends of chow and this was their first role or they had been bit parts or extras before and this was 
And that guy, stockbroker guy, was one who was a total nobody, just doing his buddy a favor being in this. And man, he hammed it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that sucked in stomach move that he does. Oh, that's so, so great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they all have powers and they're all specific to a body part. Yeah. You know, like there's like yes. iron head and his head is very strong. And there's, you know, iron leg and his leg is very strong. And yeah, this, Stephen Chow's iron leg. Yeah, right? yes, Stephen Chow's yes, iron, iron leg. leg. And then that guy is. Iron belly button. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he was iron shirt. Iron, iron shirt. shirt. Yes. It wasn't even a body part. It's just like his, <laughs> his whatever shirt he's wearing. Whatever. Is terrific. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, or like just whatever a shirt covers that whole region of his body. Yeah. So what's the little guy who they they name like skinny or whatever, and even though he got fat. Oh, uh, oh, uh, small brother. The small fat, brother. The fat phobic joke guy. Yeah. 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 Yes. See, you have to have a fat. That part like was kind of where the movie lost me for a second, where I was like this is mean this is sad like he's eating the eggs off the ground because he's so fiendishly hungry he's, he's so fat and he loves food so, so much, much. It's, yeah. it's annoying I, i'm annoyed by that kind of joke but I'm, as the fattest person here <laughs> i was not offended <laughs> uh, well okay the, then, yeah. i especially like the way that they made sure they just the makeup department pasted as many pieces of chips on his face yeah, as they possibly funny. could that was you know that was, so um, yeah, so yeah, so the guy who used to be a little skinny little boy was is now is is now fatty, but he he can jump. That's his thing. And then uh, so anyway, basically all of them say no in kind of a montage of him asking these people who all have shitty jobs now, and they all say no. But then, but then when push comes to shove, and they all kind of like they all show up at the rooftop and begin training. And um, so yeah, we we they we start training, and I mean again, I don't know a ton about soccer, um, but I think they're I, I I don't know how much real training they're doing on soccer. We eventually have the match. The match <laughs> is really good. The match with the hoodlums. The match yes. with the with like let's have a soccer team, and that's that's really a highlight of the movie, I would say. The kind man with the wrench that just had it because he was it's gonna... doing some plumbing. Oh, later. I'm a mechanic. I always have well, my. Yeah. Well, like yeah. that's yeah. a really he had it clenched in his. His butt? Because <laughs> he didn't have pockets. Well, it's like a really yes, good little gag where, where like, uh, he's like, we're here going to have a re- clean game. And they're like, yep. And then a wrench drops out of his pants. He's like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. This is it. So I'm anyway, a mechanic. Yeah. So we get a comically violent soccer scene. Another one of my favorite gags in the whole movie is the, is the like, it becomes literally a war. Yeah, where yes, he's in the yes. trenches and he's crawling under barbed wire and everyone's Shooting. screaming like they're dying and everybody has <clears throat> guns and mm-hmm. yeah. There's the way that he just slowly like gathers more and more props as it goes on, just mm-hmm. he starts crawling and then he's crawling under barbed wire and it's He throws a grenade. <laughs> and then it s- switches and then it, it's just him laying in like with some garbage and trash. Yeah, you know, sticks. What it reminds me of is airplane. Yeah, and, and Kentucky, oh, yeah. Kentucky Fried Movie. Those the Zucker brothers are, are they brothers? I don't know. The Zucker people of Airplane. Zucker Abraham's. I think yeah. it's Zucker Abraham's and Zucker. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that that's it. Really reminded me of that. It wasn't Python, really. It was it was goofier. It was. Uh... And the other thing is, I think that's entirely probably accurate, considering the fact that Hong Kong cinema um, is is very much a hybrid of east and west cinema mm-hmm. i mean like it's very very likely that the filmmakers also maybe did like airplane mm-hmm. yeah. you know that movie i think was an international hit and you know a lot of english speakers in um hong kong 
I think actually Stephen Chow in the dub version of this movie dubbed himself. So, you know, mm-hmm. you yeah. know him yeah. and Jackie Chan, you know. So, you know, I can see that kind of like... Because here it is, 2001. The, the spoof... The, the spoof genre is at, at an advanced stage. Yeah. What Mel, other examples do we have? Well, Mel Brooks has had like his whole career. Sure. Mm-hmm. Up to this point, yeah. for one thing. Not another teen movie was such a big thing. The Scream movies. Yeah. yeah the, 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 what, no, not the, the scary movies. Scary movies? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were things. actually, I think the first scary movie was the same year as this. Okay. But I mean, Airplane and Mel Brooks had established the. the uh, the template. The template a little bit. And so this movie's clearly going like, yeah, we're doing that a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, and so... Sort of as a spoof of sports movies, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of a... Because, sp- you know, sports movies is oh, also an thing. international genre. Um, and I think there was like a manga or an anime that was kung fu soccer. So yeah. there was some Japanese culture bleeding in too. They're a very cosmopolitan place, Hong Kong. There's a lot of influences coming mm-hmm. from a lot of directions. And I think we probably read the same thing where he was like he liked these comic books yeah and he was like this would be really fun to make but we need cgi to get better and cheaper for me to be able to do this and it did and it did yeah hooray so then we get into the sports movie where uh the the underdog team has to enter the big tournament Mm-hmm. And that's basically how that's basically the movie, you know. And then yeah, the and then they they win the big tournament because girl, who is now pretty. I didn't mean to skip ahead that much. I know, that's but a yeah. Big jump. Yeah, sorry, it's a big jump. Yeah, there's trials and tribulations. Well, there's so some wait. teens that teams that have a hard give them a hard time. I there's mean, a romance that sort of awkwardly stumbles forward. <laughs> I'd say that's what I want to ask about. That's yeah. that's the next. The first thing I want to talk about really is the whole sequence where she gets a makeover. And then by that guy who's picking his nose. That guy who's well, that person that that uh, that, that yeah uh, yeah picking their nose, and I I just don't know what to make of the whole interaction that they have. The lead character and the lead uh, love interest. They have this very dumb breakup. Like <laughs> she's drops, she drops she drops the L bomb too soon. Yeah, she comes happens. on too strong, and she looks very frightening. And just <laughs> shoulder pads, you know. Yeah, but I mean, shoulder and like, pads, and it looked like there was putty. There was too much was highlighter so... on her nose. It was a lot of like, makeup. It was like it is like a hilariously like like okay, so he's got game at the beginning, but maybe he's just got game because he respects the kung fu so much. Yeah. But like then later she's like, so I'm 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 I look how much better I look. We're like doing we're flirting now, and he's like, oh no, we're friends. Yeah, friends he, forever. We're yeah. friends for, and he's like kind of perturbed that like maybe he blew it. He's like, wait, blew what? Was she flirting? <laughs> you know, it was yeah, weird. Yeah, and, it's like he's being dense and she's being dense, and it's like obviously like neither of them have ever been in a relationship before, I guess, and they're just horrifically <laughs> we need to just ex- awkward. Yeah, because <laughs> like, yeah, he takes her to the mall and it's really sweet. It and, was clearly a date. You know, I'm was, on her side. Yeah, too. No, that's <laughs> clearly a date. No, I'm yeah. on her side too. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was clearly a date, and then like, but he's all like, you need to be more confident. You need to not let your hair hang in your face, and he's like nice and about all the acne, and then she's like, look, I. I did it i got my hair out of my face and he's like whoa that's so much makeup and then they're chatting and it she comes on too strong and comes on way too fast she doesn't say i love you she's just like sick. aren't we like she says is this love is this love and he's like and he's like hello nope 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 no, 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 no it's not Except, no he doesn't even do that he kind of goes like huh <laughs> like i thought we were pals <laughs> yeah 
it's, I don't remember exactly, other than it's 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 very much it's face palm for for, yeah. for for effect. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're, they're pals, except he wants to tell her how to look. He wants to boss her around a little bit. It yeah. makes me mad a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was. It's just like typical ham-fisted, like trying to thinks he's being encouraging, thinks he's being sweet. You're beautiful. You should go ahead and let your get your hair out of your face. I think it's actually like I think I read that it's it's influenced by. It's kind of a spoof on another relationship in another movie that is going over our heads a little bit. Okay. Oh, that would make so much sense. Yeah, it's kind that of, would explain a lot. There's maybe a reference there that we're not getting. That we're not getting that there's a Clark Gable yeah. character. One thing that impressed me yeah. about her, though, mm-hmm. is that he rejects her. He's like, no, we're friends. We're friends. And she cries, but then she pulls it together. And then she smiles and laughs and goes and hangs out at the party with the rest of the team like everything's fine. Like... She doesn't have like this dramatic running away crying thing. She's like, and she's like one of the gang. It kind of establishes like that the rest of the guys know her and she's kind of welcome in the group. And I think it makes it make more sense later when she joins the team. Plus she knows Kung Fu. Plus she knows Kung Fu. (laughs) So, which is important to be part of this gang. Yes. (laughs) Another thing I want to bring up is the underwater training that the evil team does. (laughs) Yes. So rocky. Yeah, they're they're like scientists submerged with like scientist computer and desks, uh, consoles and desks and things, and then there's people kicking underwater, which you know it's really hard. Yeah, that's effective. You'll develop some muscles doing that. And then it like geyser nuclear bomb explodes. (laughs) The ball shoots out of the water, and the man with the umbrella holds it over the evil man. I love that shot where (laughs) it's raining pool water, and the guy has the umbrella out. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me so much of the juxtaposition training in Rocky Three with. Uh, Ivan Drago and the Soviets doing all the science, the machines everywhere, there's beeps and lights, and then Rocky is like punching frozen slabs of meat because he's from the streets and stuff, and it's humble America versus Soviet science. (laughs) Sure. It was evil. That's probably a direct reference. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> not seen Rocky three. Yeah, I've seen actually, Rocky I one. Either. So I think good. I've seen Rocky two, but I'm not sure. I've not seen Rocky so two. I saw Mr. T. I saw the end of Rocky three. That's the yes. <laughs> so I watched like the what is it, the last fight where that's where he like beats Apollo or something. Because uh, no. Rocky four is where where he fights the Russian, right? Oh, uh, maybe yeah, maybe Rocky four is the Russian. I think Rocky four is the Russian. <laughs> There's so many Rockies. But, like, I think Numbers are arbitrary. to the Rocky community. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think them. I saw the end of Rocky two where he does <laughs> where he does beat Apollo. Unlike in Rocky I'm one. I'm a simple person. I've seen one Rocky. <laughs> yeah. Well, they... like I'm pretty simple because I've seen the ro- end of Rocky two on television, where oh. I'm like, oh, I don't. I hear the rest of these Rocky movies suck, and then I'm like, get him. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a TNT movie. It was a TNT we movie, know probably drama. for sure. <laughs> Anywho, so this movie. Are there any good highlights from? There's some. There's a lot of good highlights from their uh, their 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 unexpectedly winning the tournament through kung fu, and the team evil guy gets increasingly peeved about this. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they're doing steroids, and it's so evil. Team <laughs> evil is roided up. They're, they're cheating, of course, you know, like every professional athlete. Don't they have some, like, we're getting drugs from America? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a lot? Yes. The, the evil drugs were from America. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and yeah, Russia was Rocky IV. Okay. Yeah, okay. Thank See. you. Sorry, Rocky community. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs>
My dumb thought watching the, the like these are getting steroids from America, and I'm like, this is kind of right before the the uh, the baseball uh, controversy with steroids. Yeah, right before. Very so. bonds and all them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, whatever. Uh, female team, team dressed yeah, as team, men. Yeah, that they have just mustaches drawn on. I love on. them so much. Which them. apparently is another reference that I'm like, okay, that's a reference to something that went directly over my head, but I'm it like, was, apparently it's a reference. Yeah. It's funny yeah. though. It's cool. Yeah. It works so well on its own. Um, yeah. I'm trying to remember if there's another good. You know, the generally them winning, uh, them winning matches with kung fu is good. Basically, the last 15 minutes of the movie are the final match. Yeah, yeah. and which is, you know, apotheosis you, of You worry that silliness. maybe they're actually going to lose. There's stakes. Like there's suffering. There's struggle. Um, it's kind of like you know steroids. People on steroids maybe can beat people who are master as at kung fu. Yeah. You know, this really like steroids really do hurt the integrity of a It doesn't competition. matter how iron your shirt is. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're maybe technically cheating through by co- turning the ball into a missile. Yeah. You know, that's not cheating. But like but drugs are bad. But drugs are bad. Yeah. And 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 sure enough, they're like the drugs are defeating the kung fu. Yeah, and which you know? one is it that Gets injured and carried off the field, and then they're gonna the, have to. The goalie, the yeah. great Bruce Lee lookalike, like outfit. Yeah, oh, and you everything. know who he was? He was the dance choreographer that they called in just to choreograph the dance at the beginning with everybody's fire in their eyes. And he was so good that they kept him as a member of the team and made him the goalie. Anyway, yeah. He so, was wonderful, and I loved him. Yeah, he yeah. didn't really have any lines. He just he just looked like Bruce and Lee. He and he already had decided he wanted the um, goalie to wear the Bruce Lee costume because the goalie gets to wear a different outfit. And so he's like, you're perfect for this guy who looks like Bruce Lee. And, yeah, and so he was the one that got injured mm-hmm. and got carried off the field. Yeah. And then, and then and Iron so Shirt lost. the goalie. And then, and then Mew, the the girl friend, she's she becomes she shows up bald. Yeah, she shaved her head. I and guess and to look generally like a man. shaved off any ugly off her face too. <laughs> yeah. It came off with the hair. It came off with the hair. Yeah, the bad acne or whatever it was, the boils, yeah, whatever was, was right. going on with her face. Getting the rid leprosy of the hair from her face fixed every single thing. Yeah, you just <laughs> I, I think that's how it works. You you get rid of acne by shaving your head. Yeah. So yes, anyway, and becoming Skincare even more. Skin care by Shaolin Soccer. <laughs> And so she becomes the goalie, but first she has to go to the right goal because she starts. She stands next to Team. <laughs> yes, she stands next to Team so Evil's goalie great. and is like on the other side of the field. She's like right, right, right. Man, that used to confuse me when I played soccer as a small, small child because at the half you switch ends of the field, and every now and then that would turn me around. But I was, you know, seven when I was playing. And the little soccer. embarrassed run from one side of the field to the other side of the field—it was so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I really like this one moment in the climax where Iron Shirt calls his colleague's wife, and he's like, "Oh yeah," I, he says, "I've always loved you," yada yada yada, and then he's like, "Oh, she's not there. Well, tell your wife what I said." <laughs> yes, <laughs> and so, oh, so that was that was beautiful. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a great example. Just. Of the the comedy in the whole movie, just the straight-faced absurdity is perfect. Which is so my flavor of comedy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I was thinking that because you're kind of hot rod. 
Obsessed. And, and that milieu, you know. Yeah. There's no yes. way those guys didn't like this movie. Yeah, and when there's I no way they haven't seen well, this movie. Definitely. No way. I can see they, the they, they're love in this movie. Yeah. I mean, for one thing, I think they're kind of encyclopedic about their comedy. So, mm. yeah. come on. Yeah. You know. Yeah, this this is a classic. Like, this should go in the great comedies of all time pantheon. I really mm-hmm. think it it's important enough, especially since it's, you know, one of the great Hong Kong comedies. Um, I guess maybe Kung Fu Hustle is a bigger deal. I've only seen that once. It's so good. I yeah. love it dearly. It's hard to say which one I really like more. I saw Kung Fu Hustle first. Mm. and Yeah, I saw this first. So I think I was hoping Kung Fu Hustle would be sillier and more like this. And mm-hmm. it was slightly darker. So I was like, meh. So I haven't seen many Kung Fu movies at all. I, I have nothing to compare this to. Eric, have you seen a lot of... Kung Fu? I have seen very many Kung Fu movies. Well, tell us yes. about the Kung Fu end of the Kung Fu movie here. Ah, well, actually, it's very, very good. Um, like, especially when he's doing the montage training and he's kicking the ball at the target over and over and over and he keeps getting further away. And, like, you can, the ball is CG and everything. So he's just doing really nice kicks, like, in the air. Like, He's impressive. The stunt people are impressive. It's really good stuff. And oh my goodness, Helen, that is just shameful. <laughs> Rookie so move. Oh my <laughs> but so the kung fu, it's yeah, not like it holds up. It's it's, solid. it's not like a comedy movie with sort of kung fu. It's like it's got legitimate kung fu chops. Then yeah, yeah. It's not at all like the main character in Iron Fist. It is a very, very good, solid kung fu. I mean, a lot of CGI in this movie, but pretty good stunts. Yeah, you know, all the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> and real athleticism and all I don't that. know if great soccer no <laughs> well I wouldn't know that's my thing yeah. I don't know I think it's pretty good soccer I think I know, you know more I about was impressed <laughs> I think uh, I think um, you know it's probably does it happen often where like a tornado forms when you kick the ball and I, <laughs> um, I think that's a purple because if so like why don't i watch more soccer i i know i know less about soccer than i do about kung fu i think yeah so. um, you know, i'm gonna say a, a downery thing uh, yeah, um, uh, sure. where i kind of Watching this movie, the soccer parts dragged a little bit. For oh, me, yeah, sure. Where, like, I was in the beginning, especially with the singing and the forming the team and the getting to know all the characters and the weird kung fu baking and all of that. I was in the all that stuff with the bar and the rival gang. I was so into it. I was like, is this movie as funny as Hot Rod and, like, these other comedies that I adore? I was like, is this a classic that I should have been watching, like, once a month obsessively? Like, oh, and then... The soccer parts came in and I was like starting to zone out a little bit. And I was like, okay, that's why this is not total canon for me is because I'm just so disconnected from the soccer. And I think then, and they were still hilarious and it was still a beautiful, perfect movie. But I think that as sports on film go, soccer's not a very cinematic sport and baseball is the superior cinematic sport <laughs> and that's where i was going with that <laughs> i'm not going to disagree although i maybe would disagree that like it's not perfectly fine cinematic sport i think the main issue with that part of the movie is uh i think maybe we've uh 
in case we haven't given this per this perception, this movie's a little light on plot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit like, you know, it's a pretty short movie. It's about 85 minutes, mm-hmm. hour 20-ish. But do you really need a plot? I mean, you know, Team Evil needs to be defeated, and men who know Kung Fu defeat Team Evil. Like, what more do you want? I mean, that's the answer this movie gives. But, I mean, it is true that, like, pretty much the second half of this movie, the last, like, 30 minutes are, like, of the team entering the competition, and it's just kind of... Repetitive It's kind of just set pieces from, from there out. There's not really, like... In some ways, the plottier portion of the movie is... Is, is the assembling of the team and, and then... And that's the part I really like yeah, a lot. Yeah, so that's where the plot is. And then after that, it's kind of just set pieces. Yeah. The other thing maybe I will say, like, I kind of remember this dragging a lot the first time. I guess I will say this about the first time I saw it is that there was... there I watched it in a group. There was riffing. Yeah. And the riffing kind of got less funny mm-hmm. as the movie went on. Yeah. And it was like, okay, we're done with, this. you know, there's a few people who really think they're funnier than this movie. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's, it, so the last, like, as I remember the last 20 minutes of this movie being pretty slow that time, it was just like, I think I want to enjoy this movie's comedy, not your so-called comedy, <laughs> please. So, yeah. anyway. That's uh, a, that's an interesting thought, though, like. If, I, I have had that experience where like I'm having a great time because I'm making fun of something but you run out of jokes after a second yeah you run out of riffs and then you're just left with a bad movie yeah you know and then you're which just... this is not even a bad movie obviously yeah. well sure but like if you're not enjoying it you just want to make fun of it you you know you're not a professional you will get tired yeah we're you will... not mystery science theater <laughs> you here. will stop having <laughs> and jokes. mystery science theater does not do that all like off the top of their heads. Yeah. They kind of write jokes. Mm-hmm. There is a special you know? exhaustion I feel when I'm like tired of making jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um... Yes, comedy is the hardest thing you can do and all comedians should win Oscars. That's my... <laughs> including, um, including uh, you know, Freddie Got Fingered. <laughs> Steve Martin should have so many Oscars. Yeah. Like, yeah, Steve Martin to start. <laughs> <laughs> Just for example. Um, yeah, this movie. Colin, did you have something else to say that I cut you off from? No. <laughs> now, what, you did a bunch of research, well, though. Well, I did you... a bunch of research on the history of film in Hong Kong and China. Just as context and because I was interested and because... You're a nerd. This, and it's I'm good. a nerd and this is a history podcast. Oh. Um Welcome to Movies for Decades. We are nerds. Yes. (laughs) And I mean, I don't know. Like, it's a lot of, oh, it's so interesting how there's the Hong Kong Cantonese language section of the filmmaking, and then there's the Shanghai uh, Mandarin section, and they've kind of merged at times and broken apart at times and worked together and not together other times. And just... I was just interested. I knew nothing about any of that, and I used this movie as kind of an excuse to read up on that. Yeah. You know what? Maybe um, we should respond. You know, we, we need to maybe do this, add this to our intro. Is we need to apparently some feedback we got is that we should talk about our quote unquote credentials. Yes. Yeah. My credentials are as follows one microphone, <laughs> one audio recording device. Yes. 
And you know, you majored uh, three. in three. The internet. The internet exists. Yeah. <laughs> exists. You, you majored in mass com films or mass communication. I, yeah, I did. I do have a journalism degree. Yeah. Which I do not use for this show. <laughs> I do not have a journalism degree. I work in the journalism industry. <laughs> so you're an editor. I'm, I'm an editor. I, I you know, I, I, I can legitimately claim to be a filmmaker. I am was a double major in history and film. So there's my credentials. I guess maybe one thing I thought watching this movie. Um, what are your credentials, Helen? Oh, I, I majored in anthropology, sociology and anthropology. I'm interested in culture. I consider film to be an extremely interesting manifestation of culture and society. And I'm always watching films through that lens. But I actually am more, my focus was archaeology. So I'm not even a cultural anthropologist. <laughs> but and I can't even claim to be that because I only have a bachelor's degree and I never worked in the field. So the ho there is exactly one person who went to grad school in this room. Yeah, and the librarian. And it's Eric. <laughs> it's Eric. That's yeah, Eric, the librarian. But, but, Peter Familius master degree. Yeah. <laughs> but do you know how many of us are going to, of us three are going to grad school? Zero. Zero. Yeah. Like, our, <laughs> the Sorry, fact I that know that's heartbreaking to all of our extended family listening. I don't think so, because what? We're not going into debt. Yeah. <laughs> that's heartbreaking? Yeah. That is what I have from, from grad school. Yeah, actually, come on. Yes. Yes. The, the debt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so whatever. But anyways, I don't know. I feel like our academics things make us sound, you know, we learn some big words and we'll talk real loud. God, goddamn right, I'll be heard. You'll remember yeah. the guy who learned all those big words he must have learned in college. <laughs> uh, I guess, uh, did you have anything off the top of your head? Yeah, I, maybe I, have, I maybe have one thing to kind of, as a final sort of historical context thing I can add to cap it off. I don't know. I mean, go ahead. Um... One thing I thought from reading the, the the little tidbit about how this movie was banned in mainland China because it they did not bother to submit it for approval by the Chinese censors, and so and they didn't bother to approve to send it to them, and so therefore China pettily said, "Well, then it's banned." Yeah, and like. I, I feel a certain amount of like, like melancholy about how you know, the state of where Hong Kong is now, where it's it's kind of what makes Hong Kong great, is under threat from yeah. from from mainland from the mainland Chinese government, and and because this is so at the time this movie comes out that the the handover had only been. China had officially taken over three years before this movie comes out. Mm. So, That's recent, yeah. so this this whole concept of, of Hong Kong movies, this this many decades churning machine of making yeah, movies, had actually been this, going since this, the twenties. This incredibly prolific film industry, incredibly successful, like it's 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 beautiful to me that that like now they're like being asked by this government all of a sudden to, to have them improve their movies. And of course, this movie said, what? No. <laughs> and, they, and, and then like, and, and like, did this hurt the movie? No, smash it, you know, like the, so, and I'm, one, and I'm wondering if like, you know, I don't know exactly how the Hong Kong industry now is, but like, that's kind they're of- struggling. They're struggling. Yeah. yeah, they're struggling. And like, I'm sure that kind of, that, 
that kind of like, what? We're not going to even submit this movie for your approval. Like, that's yeah. probably going to be not an option in yeah. the future. And I feel some a certain amount of... We should we should really do Hong Kong for decades. That should be... Yeah. <laughs> so, hell... Okay, sorry. Did you have a... Did you no, that was just, well, that I was just kind of my... Speaking, but we're talking about China and how complicated its politics are. And I just wanted to point out that even back in the 30s when um, Wuxia, um, W-U-X-I-A... Oh, that's when the first Who sword, that is. sword play martial oh. arts movies became a popular genre. So you think, oh, Kung Fu, that's like from the 80s. And Kung Fu technically, but the sword play, like they've had action movies with extremely artful person-on-person combat since the 30s. This is an old, old art form. Um, but that was banned in nationalist China because it supported superstition and anarchy. Huh. So that was even before the Communist Party, like Kung Fu movies. Well, like the Nationalist Party, of course, was uh, Chiang Kai-shek, yeah, who was who opposing the Mao and the Chinese Communists, and both were pretty evil. Yeah, but yeah, um. <laughs> so I just think that's so interesting that like Kung Fu and action movies, especially in this region of the world, have been sort of subversive and made the authorities and the governments uncomfortable because of their kind of freedom fightery. Uh, self-reliant messaging maybe that's a stretch but I think it's interesting and I kind of drew that conclusion like here's this thing since the 30s these movies have been like very popular but also very contentious and the powers that be don't like them cool yeah I think I'm <laughs> deciding that it's a historical fact that Mao overthrew the national government because he liked sword movies but no but they didn't really have more i don't think under him no no um, no, no, no 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 history <laughs> no don't be pro now i don't want to touch chinese politics <laughs> i don't want to touch chinese politics with a 10-foot pole i apologize for going why not because it's scary did, what because china's gonna censor us <laughs> china will ban this podcast yeah china are you gonna ban us all right i'll say it Fuck Mao. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, fuck um, the Chinese Communist I think, here's Party. Here's something <clears throat> I, I think we should do for this podcast. Uh, we should compare this film to our last film. Like, where have we gone from the 90s to 2000? From 1991 to 2001, how have movies changed? Well, CG for one. CG. We, we sort of hearkened on that a little bit. Get, go on. Talk about no, that. No, I mean, that's all I had to say. It's just this movie is so heavily reliant on CGI. And, like, I mean, not heavily, heavily, but, like, like, was it Eric that said that um, he didn't make the movie till the technology was good enough to make it look good? And so that's a big difference. I mean, of course, what about Bob wouldn't have had CG in it anyway? Sure. But, like, I just feel like that's a big difference from, like, early 90s movies to now is, like, this glossy CGI look. Yeah, that gives it the live-action cartoon vibe that yeah. works so well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, aside from technological capabilities, like, where is the world with film in 2001 it's like i know this answer better if we're talking about america a bit like yeah. i mean i do feel like watching this movie i'm a little bit like i'm a little bit on an island with with uh with this movie's context within hong kong yeah you don't have and, to go talk and, about and, that and, and like, like and, all, about, and even like even i mean what about america though yeah america i mean, we are I mean this is also like hey this is the first decade where we were around for the entire decade yeah and i was seeing movies in the theater at this <laughs> age um 2001 was a 2001 was kind of a big year, year. Yeah. um i was in high school yeah there was like a there was like a there was some sort of terror attack <laughs> yeah. um oh yeah 
this movie has nothing whatsoever to do with that. It I'm pretty sure this movie like came out. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a has any connection to a pre or post 9/11 world. It's just its and own really, thing. And really, I think most 2001 movies have no connection to 9/11, but then immediately starting in the year 2002, kaboom, everything for yeah. for basically uh, the next 4 years of movies. So I feel like 2011 will be way more jarring for us. Yeah. Uh, there'll yeah. be a lot more comparisons there than there are from 91 to 2001. I mean, the movies feel way different. I mean, American films in 2001 feel way different to me than 1991 films. But um, I don't know. I think there was a cheesier vibe in the very beginning of, of two, the, the 2000s. Yeah. yeah well, like the 90s was pretty like... Like, I think one thing I've, I've said maybe partly on this podcast and in general is we, I, I appreciate movies that don't do a lot of winking, mm-hmm. you know, that, that play way straighter. But I think partly why I like that aesthetic is that pretty much starting in the 90s, that's when movies started to really do a lot of winking. Yeah. Like, I guess partly because we got basically 100 years of movies and now we like, okay, now we just, movies have to play with the form a little bit. Mm-hmm. They have to be goofier. They have to like, they have to like wink at audiences who really know all the tricks. Do you mean meta? Like, yeah, yeah meta. I think movies got a little bit more meta. It's self-aware. And, um, and so I think a lot of movies that... Maybe the beginning of what I'm talking about also is even in our American Werewolf in London episode, which is a sort of deconstruction-y movie that's playing with the genres. And that's a lot of what the 90s is, I and feel like. this movie is also deconstruction-y and playing with genres and winking like crazy to things that we don't even get the reference to, but mm-hmm. also to Western influences. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a big part of what the 90s was. And so because of that, I think also the 90s was just goofier. Yeah. You know, I feel like the, the, a great example of that is, uh, is uh, The Mummy, yeah. which is a movie that goes 100% like big budget Hollywood movie with all the effects and all the sets just go. And that was 1999. Yes. Yeah, but is ultra goofaloo in how serious it is, you yeah. know. And the Mummy 1999 is my favorite movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's a good favorite movie so much. I I mean, that's partly why I'm mentioning it, but also because I think that's a very like, yeah, I mean, this the kind of stuff that Hollywood was churning out and spending tons of money on, you know, like they were fine with it being goofy. And I think maybe that we we kind of entered another era where like, well, let's maybe tone down the goofiness. Got really serious. But then like by by 2011, 2012, Joss Whedon conquered Hollywood a little bit, and we got back to a hybrid sort of. Our stories are serious. But we doing winking. Yeah. We winking. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and then this movie is definitely in that '90s vein. Then that's still so. like kind of the last gasp of pure silliness for silliness's sake. No yeah. political commentary. Just fun situations. Well, a lot of '80s Hong Kong movies, like a lot of like the old John Woo movies and everything, were so dramatic, like melodramatic and earnest. So, and just like in America, the 80s were this earnest cheese ball like thing, and the 90s got really sarcastic about it. Like, yeah. you can see that working on both sides. A better example probably is Paul Verhoeven, not just because I'm thinking about him because I'm listening to podcasts on him and also watching some of his movies, but stuff like Starship Troopers is maybe a big example of the uh, like of the like a movie that Hollywood pulled out all the stops on, big budget, 
major goofaloo mm -hmm. robocop 2 you know as well you know that's that's uh paul verhoeven definitely um defines what you're talking about here mm -hmm. that whole vibe of like we're kind of deconstructing and winking we are subverting you know? the norm and going as hard into that as we can but also yeah. making pretty fun action movies that are entertaining you yeah. know and deliver a lot of the good action goods i mean that's a lot of what the 90s was and so i think Eric remembers the 90s better than us. Very much, yes. <laughs> I, I can remember. Can confirm? Can confirm. 90s were sarcastic and fun, and I liked it. Mm -hmm. We saw a Toy Story in the theater. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I, I saw Starship Troopers in the theater. Oh, my god. I almost saw Starship Troopers in the theater, but then they realized it was rated R. Yeah. And they said, mm. We can't take you. It sounds like a kid movie. Yeah. yeah. Starship I, Trooper? I yeah. hid my face during the brain bug like sticking the guy in the head and I was like watching it through my fingers it was amazing I was terrified of movies for I mean I'm sure you guys remember yeah. I was horrified they were too emotional of experiences for me I couldn't yeah. get through it and um I think the mummy for that reason I didn't see it till it came on video because I just they just knew like we can't bring John but I will have a full no no that was a that was a like I, Colin went to the I got to go to and that was one of my favorite movie theater experiences Probably, yes mine too because oh everyone was into that movie and then I got to see it with y'all on from the movie gallery later and uh and and it was very funny because Helen hid behind the yeah. chair. Yeah, see, I wasn't emotionally messed up by movies, but like visuals and grossness really upset me. So it's gross in the mummy. Bugs and people's eyes getting Imhotep. There's a part of uh, just a little. Bit. <laughs> there's a part of what's it called? Uh, Candyman, the original, where oh. there's bees in his mouth. Yes. And that would have ended my entire <laughs> life as a child. <laughs> Because I had a thing about bees, yeah. and if I had oh, seen hot, if I had seen those bees in his mouth, I mean, it kind of messes me up now. Yeah. But I mean, if I had seen the, those bees in his mouth, mouth, I would have imploded. Yeah. They would have. I would have never been able if to. If I sleep. had known yeah. that there was a movie where a guy's mouth is full of bees, I would have done my damnedest to make y'all watch that <laughs> yeah. when I was a kid. Would have been so I would have been like, that movie so yeah. Yeah. Candy man. Great no, movie. So yeah, I I had issues with grossness, and I still do. But now I have fun being grossed out instead of it's over for I me. Mean, and I have to leave. The you room. have a daughter. Yeah. How <laughs> bothered can you be by grossness? Oh, the you movie would. Men in Black trained you. Yeah. yeah. There's still she's bothered by poop. <laughs> yes. She's very bothered by poop. No, yeah. I have I all the very poop related right. duties. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm at that button. <laughs> Helen never liked poop jokes before. <laughs> the word poop never makes her laugh. <laughs> Shoot, y'all, should we do uh, yeah, we, what have we been considering? Yeah. Well, I feel like, um, Eric, you're the guest. Do you have any more to say about the movie? I love it. Yeah? Yeah. What was your favorite part of it? When did you see it for the first time? I saw it for the first time uh, in high school. I was at uh, my friend Jacob's house. Jacob had a nice house, and the rest of us were very, very poor, so we frequently watched movies at his place because his TV was nice. Did he, he pirate it, or did he own it? Uh, he acquired it. I didn't ask questions back then. <laughs> I still don't try to. Do you I know what year this was? My headcanon is that he pirated uh, it. This was like had one of the downloaded, the infamous downloads. This was ones. like 2001, 2002. I was still in high school hanging out at his house, so it was right around then. Uh, I was 
saw the matrix there for the first time too actually we watched a lot of movies there but it was a really fun time and we spent a large amount of time nearly dying in acting scenes in the movie i think we broke something with a soccer ball at one point <laughs> like it was a wonderful experience so this is a nostalgic goes way back for you yeah. movie. yeah and one of my favorite parts was when we didn't talk about much um when he's when Chow's first explaining like all the different ways Kung Fu can benefit society and everything, and he's slowly pulling the guy more and more into the the we, the wacky scenarios where he's wearing a beard and everything, and at the end of one, it just he pulls the beard off and he just disrobes from the the imaginary yeah the imaginary scene and everything, and yeah. the people in the background just stop what they're doing and, and just return yeah, to their normal lives and, and everything go back to their, yeah there's some a great musical logic in this movie yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly like, like it was seamless in that and i just i love that vibe so much. musical and logic as in musicals yeah, yeah musicals. logic yeah. of musicals yes. yeah where people pick up and join the Join the, the plot. narrative for a second. Yeah. But yeah so, and also, oh, yeah, and the end of the movie is great because everyone has learned Kung Fu. Yeah. Yes, yes. yes. And don't fall the from banana peels. Yes, Silly Walk Girl catches herself. Hedge Clipping Man is clipping hedge with a sword. He's yes. like around <laughs> chopping branches off. I mean, and that's how I do lawn care as well. Yeah. I mean, Everybody is getting great exercise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um and Eric, you're kind of um a little bit that way about your martial arts. You teach people, you explain people how great yeah. it is. It's Yeah, my very a, first this job. This is kind of your personality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first job I ever had was um children's uh, martial arts instructor and did that to pay off some of my own lessons. And I've taught a lot of self-defense classes over the years. I've practice various martial arts for over 20 years and i used to teach a lot of children's self-defense teens this yeah you have a black belt yeah you're, a you're, couple you're of the it's... real deal you're not just a guy who's like a nerd about kung fu movies no you i'm actually a kick things gigantic martial arts nerd in general yeah. just taekwondo you own swords yeah just all I the live things with them. He, he's, <laughs> iron legs too yeah a lot of long swords <laughs> and historical european martial arts things just yeah. I'm a nerd. This is your thing, and it's mm-hmm. cool that you got to share this movie with us. Yeah, and I, I really it. like this movie. What have you been consuming? Should we do it? Yeah. Um, Me first. Sure. Well, who's got? Who thinks they have something really good? Maybe we should end on someone who thinks they have something really good. I mean, mine's not. Especially I always. Like I have very good things. things. I I always like mine. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Sometimes I'm wondering if we, are any of them relevant. No. Not mine's not relevant. <laughs> Mildly, I'm gonna say relevant just because I wanna. Okay. So, <laughs> so maybe you go last. Eric, okay. And on Eric, so me, John Collin. Sure. All right. So what have I been consuming this week? I finally bit the bullet and listened to the final season of the Magnus Archives, a fiction. Ooh. Yeah. A fiction. I actually have no idea what you're. Yeah. <laughs> it's a horror podcast. It's. British people being spooky and I love it and it was it's been one of my favorite things for a long time and I saw that it had a farewell episode and this was their last season and so I kind of avoided it because I didn't want it to be over but then I'm not listening to it so then I just 
powered through every single episode of the last season this week. And I'm sad that it's gone, but it came to a really strong conclusion. It was a really satisfying end, and I'm glad it was a part of my life for as long as it was. Round of applause, Magnus Archives. You were great. Cool. So um, in the late 70s in Canada, uh, there's this music teacher, and he has an, an odd way of teaching music. He doesn't do traditional stuff. He just lets... The kids pick what they want to do in music class. And it's, they want to learn like 60s pop songs in the, in the late 70s. And so the kids wanted to learn like the Beach Boys and stuff. Mm. And so there's this recording of these Canadian kids in the late 70s singing all these David Bowie songs and stuff <laughs> in the gymnasium. And it's like an, a tape recorder in a gym. It's all echoey and spooky. And it's this album, and it's it came out years later. It was repressed um, in like the two thousands. Uh, it's called the Langley Schools Music Project. the the uh, The record is called Innocence and Despair. Wow! It is, this, it is an example of outsider art, which I guess it's hard to get into what outsider art is, but it's it's amazing, and it's also kind of cringeworthy because it is children singing. But it's special because it's not really, it wasn't really made to be released, but it is still really interesting. I feel like one of the ways you can define what outsider art is, is that it's got to be at least a little bit cringeworthy. Yeah, yeah. it's like almost unwatchable, but fascinating. <clears throat> it's, and it's, uh, as far as outsider art goes, it's kind of just plain beautiful. I mean, it's yeah. just, the reverb in the room and the kids are playing like these glockenspiels and they reverberate and there's they're all they're playing the piano and they're singing these sort of sentimental songs and it is it is a special recording mm -hmm. i really like it um so since we last recorded uh my favorite show had a pretty excellent season finale and that is that the Atlanta Braves won the World Series. <laughs> yes! Uh, I would also like to say that the Atlanta Braves won the World Series in 2021. So that was great. Uh, I also watched uh, the first episode of Ted Lasso last night, and I feel like that his, uh, his, his analysis of soccer in the first episode of that movie is similar to my analysis of soccer in this movie, which is lol what. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Sudeikis. Uh, I don't know. You know, that's my main thing. Uh, I've, I've kind of been reading, but reading slow. I read a whole book called Red Mars, which is good. Kim Stanley Robinson. The book's good. About colonizing Mars. Yeah, really cool. Um, you know, still watching movies here and there. I don't need to go long. I'm cool. <laughs> Eric? Well, my stuff, tangentially related, because there's fighting in both, basically. But, um... Two of my favorite shows um, are having... I've rewatched them recently because they have new seasons coming out next year. Uh, Invincible uh, cartoon on Amazon Prime, and it's also my favorite comic book of all time. And uh, The Witcher. And they're just both so great. Uh, Invincible is basically what if Spider-Man was Superboy. And, yeah, so you have a Spider-Man-like building's Roman 
coming of age story and he is has superman's powers and his dad is superman and his mom is a very nice lady who has no superpowers and he gets his superpowers and then so much ensues it's just it's hard not to spoil things about it but it's really amazing it's bright tights and big colors but ultra realistic consequences Wait, so is it literally like it would a spider-man with superboy well it's, it's not a street what if it's just that's the type of story like okay. spider-man getting his powers as a teen dealing with but is it the characters because well, obviously that's mixing ips there so. no no it's an image comic oh, okay. completely independent oh, okay, okay. Oh. It was uh, by Robert Kirkman, who did The Walking Dead, and... Sounds like horrifically violent. Oh, it's horrifically violent, yes, but it's got wonderful relationships, brilliantly done characters, and it's a really good look at what if superheroes really existed. Oh my god, he punched a guy through the building, now the building's falling and all these people are dying. And they does not flinch away from the consequences of that. And then The Witcher, uh, it's a Polish... Uh, dark fantasy series that they made into a video game series which is also great and adapted sort of from both a little bit into the show starring henry cavill and he is wonderful with a sword and i've been really really into hema lately for the past year and a half so define hema ah historical european martial arts it's a bunch of nerds read a bunch of old european weapons manuals and figured out how to sword fight for real and Henry Cavill does a really, really good job in his scenes. Like, his sword fighting is really well done. And it's a lot of fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously. And it looks great. And I cannot wait for the next season of both. Henry Cavill's a guy who's had an odd little career. Like, yeah, I think he, he was is. expected to be a huge movie star. And instead, he's just kind of been a a guy who people know his name. And he's the lead in things, but he's not a big movie star. Well, he's, he's also, also the king, king of the nerds. Yeah, I guess he kind very, of Very, very much. Yeah. Well, is that it, everybody? Good episode. Yep. Shoot, uh, roll the music. So, uh, as ever, and, and just, as always, I just you know want to say, Braves won the World Series. <laughs> yeah. Bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum.